Genesis 25. Let me ask you real quick. What is a birthright? Do you know what that is? Do y'all really know what it is? For real? You think you got it? Okay, I'm coming over here. I'm coming over to the side. Birthright. Birthright. What is a birthright? Hit it for me. What you got? Well, the oldest would get all of the property and the money. That's right. So in the olden days of the Bible, a birthright meant like uh, if there was an oldest son born. Is anybody an oldest child here? So if the oldest child was born, what would happen would be, shh, chill, 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 chill. If you're the oldest son and you were born, you would get an inheritance just like all the other siblings, but yours would be doble portion, meaning double portion, okay? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They get double the property, double the possessions, and then they'd also get, here it is, check this out. They also become the new leader of the family if anything happens to the dad. So that's what it means to have a birthright. They basically get first dibs on the blessing. In Genesis 25, Abraham and Sarah have had a son named Isaac. Isaac has married an incredible girl named Rebecca. And Isaac and Rebecca, after many years, finally get pregnant and have, for the first time, children. And their, ch their children in the womb are twins. Which is a bit, anybody in here a twin? Anybody? Okay, cool, a couple people. It's really rare, but they had twins. So Isaac and Rebecca have twins. And this is what it says in the Bible. Rebecca was dealing with an inward struggle. And so she seeks the Lord. And this is what it says in the scriptures. The Lord speaks to her and says in Genesis 25, verse 23. Uh, well, that one wasn't verse 25, 23. We got that one? Uh, maybe not. Chill, 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 chill. I'm just kidding. We don't have it, Cody? He's, he told me, wait a second. There we are. Now we're cooking. All right. And the Lord said to Rebekah, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. What they're saying is your younger son is going to be stronger and your younger son is going to be the ultimate Lord in your family, and the older brother will serve the younger. Does that make sense so far? Are you with me? So let's see what happens. So they give birth to twins. The first baby that's born, his name is Esau. Esau comes out. This boy is red. He's got hair all over his body. He looks like Chewbacca, right? I mean, he is just covered head to toe with all kind of hair. And, and then all of a sudden, Jacob is born. And Jacob, his name means heel grabber or deceiver. My name is Corey Jacob O'Hara because I'm a heel grabber, not a deceiver though. That's not what I am. I'm a heel grabber. <clears throat> Jacob is born and he is not like Esau. He does not look like he jumped out of a Star Wars movie. He is normal, smooth. He was a smooth man, all right? That's what he was. Yeah, he's a smooth man. And so here's the deal. Jacob was born He's grabbing onto the heel of Esau and uh, the two brothers could not be any more opposite because it says that Esau was a skillful hunter. As he grew up, he was hunting animals. He was a worker of the field. We don't have to go through all the verses. It's fine. I'm gonna tell part of the stories for it, but I'll tell you whenever we're looking for that next verse. Esau was just, man, he was an outdoorsman. 
And Jacob, man, this boy was different, man. He was in the tents. He, uh, he was a cook. We know he was a pretty good chef. We learned that in the next little part of the, of the passage. I don't know. Uh, he was just not your outdoors guy. He was more of like a tent guy, you know? And um, they were just different. And what we know is that Jacob, man, Jacob was loved by the mom, Rebecca, but Esau was loved by the, the father, Isaac. They're showing favoritism. There's already some dysfunction in the family. So let's see what happens when Jacob and Esau. It says that one day while Jacob was cooking up a delicious stew, Esau came into the house. He was exhausted. He was like, oh man, I'm so hungry, man. I'm starving. He comes in, he says, let me get some of that stew. I am hungry. And Jacob replies, sell me your birthright. That's what he says, basically. Which I'm gonna be honest, pretty shady on Jacob's part. But he tells Esau, he says, you want my stew? Sell me your birthright, brother. Esau says, I'm about to die. So dramatic. What good is my birthright to me if I am dead? And Jacob said, promise me, promise me you'll give me your birthright and the stew is yours. And Esau, man, he trades in his future blessing for a momentary meal. He trades in his future blessing for a momentary meal. Don't miss that. Because I think we do the same thing often. We trade in the blessings that the Lord has for us down the road because we want to be gratified today with something. Jacob Jacob was a punk for trying to steal and bamboozle his brother and get the birthright. But man, Esau was just as much of a fool for trading away his birthright for a simple fix of stew for his daily dose. I mean, like that is not, that he made a grave mistake. Years go by and all of a sudden it says right here, um, Isaac, he's, he gathers the boys. He's super old. He's lost his sight so he can barely see anymore. And uh, he, he pulls together, he says, go and grab Esau. I wanna prepare him for the blessing. So can we go to Genesis 27, verse two through four? Genesis 27, two through four. This is what it says. Isaac says to Esau, behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Verse three. Now then, take your weapons and your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt some game for me. Verse 24. Verse 4, I mean. And prepare for me a delicious food such as I love and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. That's my best. If, yeah, thank you so much. Isaac is like, Isaac's like, hey, I'm about to die. I want you to go kill some food for me. Right here, shh, man, y'all, y'all like rowdy, rowdy tonight. Come on, man. Isaac is like, I want you to go kill some game for me. Bring some food back. You're gonna prepare me a meal. I'm gonna eat it and then I'm gonna bless you. And so Esau, I just imagine him grabbing his gear. He's getting his stuff. He's pumped, man. I've been dreaming about this blessing day coming for a long time. It's been a long time coming. I can't wait. He goes out in the field to go hunt his game. Rebecca, she's sneaky now. She hears the conversation between Isaac and Esau, and she goes and she goes to Jacob and convinces him to pull off the greatest heist of Genesis. 
She's gonna get Jacob to steal the blessing from Esau, just like he stole the birthright. She says, now listen here, Jacob. I don't know if that's what she sounds like or not. She said, go get some goats out back. Bring them to me. I'll cook up a delicious meal for your pops, just the way he loves. And you will bring the food into his room. He will eat it and then he will bless you. And Jacob's like, but mom, Esau's like Chewbacca. And I'm over here a smooth man, you know? He's got hair all over him. I'm, I'm not like that at all. And she says, no worries, we're, we're gonna take the, the garments of the sheep and the wool and things, we're gonna put it all over your neck, all over your hands, all over your arms, and you're gonna be just like Esau. So can I read y'all the parts where uh, Rebecca puts the food in Jacob's hand and sends him in? Is that okay? Can I show you all that passage? Genesis chapter 27, starting in verse 18. So he went into the father, or went to his father and said, my father, and he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Verse 19, Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. Lie, right? Y'all with me there? I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he answered, because the Lord your God granted me success. Man, don't be playing the God card for your lives, right? Mm -mm. No, he shouldn't do that. Next verse. We don't have it. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna keep going. Where am I at? Verse 21. He says, how is it that you found it so quickly, my son? He said, because the Lord, your God, has granted me success. That's such a lie. Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, and know whether you're my really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac. He rubs on his skin and says, hmm, you have the voice of Jacob, but you have the skin, the, the hair of Esau. And what he ends up doing is, Long story short, Jacob ends up blessing Isaac, the dad, blesses Jacob thinking he's Esau. The dad ends up blessing Jacob instead of Esau. He receives the blessing, he leaves the room. Next thing you know, Esau comes in. I imagine he's got like a platter, you know? He's like, Oh man, he knocks on the door. Dad, I got this man delicious game. I've been trying a new recipe. I can't wait for you to try it, Pops. It's gonna be so good. He says, man, he puts it in front of his lap and he's like, who are you? You know? He's like, it's me, Esau. I went and got that, you know, hunted the game, you're doing the blessing. And he's like, man, who's the guy that just came in here that I just blessed then? He finds out it was Jacob and he literally says, he says, the name Jacob is so fitting for my brother. He has cheated me or he has deceived me twice. He stole my birthright and now he has stolen my blessing. And Esau's crying out. He's like, dad, what blessing do you have for me then? What are you gonna give me? And he's like, I don't have anything, man. He's like, I've already given it all to your other brother, which is wrong, right? Because God promised that the blessing was gonna be on Jacob, not Esau, but the dad took it in his own hands and said, I'm gonna bless it my own way. I'm gonna give it to Esau instead of Jacob. Man, he made a mistake there. This whole thing's messed up. But here's what, here's what Esau says. This was Esau's attitude after he leaves this room. Can I show it to you? It's the last verse I wanna go to on this side real quick. Genesis 27, 
verse 41. Genesis 27, verse 41. I'll read it for you. It says, now Esau hated Jacob. Say it with me. Now Esau hated Jacob. This is what it says. Because he stole the blessing from his father. He says, the days of mourning for my father are gonna approach when my dad dies. He says, and then after my dad is gone, he said, I'm gonna kill my brother. Listen up, listen up. Esau said, I'm so mad. I'm so bitter. I so hate my brother that I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna take his life. Here's what I wanna do. The band can come up real quick. We're not done for the day, but I want this is part one. We're gonna come back in a minute. Here's what I want you to see. If you're taking notes tonight, you can write. This is a simple outline tonight, really easy. You can put in all caps, the word fight. Fight. What we know to be true is this. Jacob and Esau had some real beef. They were jealous of one another. They were fighting with one another. They said things toward each other that they shouldn't have said. They had hatred in their heart. Man, there were some real issues in this family. Real problems. And I'll be honest, some of y'all in this room are dealing with that all the time. You've got friends in your group that you're fighting with, you're wrestling with, you're upset with, all of that. Maybe you got family in your life that you are wrestling with and you're fighting with on a weekly basis. And tonight, you might feel like Jacob or you might feel like Esau, where you've shown up tonight with just beef with people. Tonight, I want you to hopefully take that before the Lord. And we're gonna walk through and see from the model of Jacob and Esau of how do we walk through it as well? How do we learn from their mistakes and find freedom from the fighting? All right, Jacob and Esau, they got beef. They're ready to throw down. Esau's ready to kill Jacob. Isaac and Rebekah get word that their own son wants to murder their other son. So they say, you need to, you need to, you need to figure this thing out. And so Jacob ends up fleeing from Esau by leaving his home, leaving his family and going all the way to the other side of where he lived to a place called Haran. He left Canaan to go to a place called Haran, which is where Abraham was originally from. Jacob, instead of dealing with his problem, he flees from it. He runs from it. He avoids it. And he runs all the way to a place called Haran. On the way there, you know what's crazy? Jacob had tried to steal the birthright and the blessing. When he left his mom and dad's house, it says later on in the scripture, later on in another chapter, it says that he left Canaan with nothing but a staff. That's all he had. You know what that tells me? He tried so hard. He clawed so hard to steal things. He tried to get the blessing his own way and he got Jack diddly squat. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that how it goes? We try so hard to accomplish and do things in our own way and we end up empty-handed. So he's on his way to Haran. He ain't got even a pillow to sleep with. So he pulls up with a rock and sleeps on a rock. Did y'all learn about that on Sunday? 
Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. He has a dream and God makes all of these promises to Jacob while he's having a dream. And God says to him a promise that's very similar to what God promised Abraham and Isaac. Y'all cool if I read it for y'all real quick? Is that okay? I'm gonna start in verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood in front of him. He said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you are sleeping, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all of the families of the earth be blessed. This is so good what he says here. He says, behold, I am with you. I will keep you wherever you go. Right here, right here. I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised you. Big promise. Jacob is like blown away by the promises that God has just made to, to Jacob. And so what he does, is he makes a promise back to God. And this is what he says in verse, chapter 28, verse 20 and 21. Jacob makes a, God makes promises to Jacob. Jacob makes promise back to God. He says, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, that I come again to my father's house in peace, meaning he's got beef with his brother right now. If I can come back in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Not really the way I would encourage you to, to play with the Lord. I wouldn't challenge you to like say, God, prove yourself and then you'll be my God. That's not how I'd play, but that's how Jacob rolls. And the Lord, despite, man, this is so rich. Check this out. Despite Jacob's just struggle, Jacob's failure to know what to do with the Lord, Jacob's failure to be able to obey the Lord, his cheating and deceitfulness, man, God still loved him and pursued him. You know that? He wasn't like, dude, this Jacob guy ain't got nothing to do with me. We need, who's the next candidate? You know, he's not just like, Esau, how you doing? He's like, ah, murder. Maybe we got another guy down the street. You know, that's not how he rolls. The Lord chased down Jacob, even in the midst of his, man, goofball moves. He made promises to him that were not contingent on his obedience or his victories or his success, his performance. God promised to use and bless him regardless of what his performance was every day. Does that make sense? How good is our God? How good is our God? So here's what he says. He says, I'll make this promise. So Jacob, eventually he makes it to Haran and lo and behold, he sees a beautiful girl. Her name is? Good try, everybody, but her name is Rachel. Everybody's like, Rebecca, it was Sarah. It was, yeah, Mary. I don't know, you know. It was Rachel. He sees a beautiful girl. Her name is Rachel. He's like, I am gonna marry that woman. So he says like, who is, who's your family? Where are you from? And he's like, or Rachel's like, my father is Laban. He's got multiple daughters, but we're of the family of Abraham Isaac, Rebecca, they're all from the same crew. And he's like, he's like, man, I found my family. I found the girl that I wanna marry. This is about to happen. So he meets Laban and he's like, I know you got multiple daughters, but Rachel, man, she's the prettiest of them all. I wanna marry her. He's like, I'm in love with this woman. I wanna marry her. And he says, because Jacob doesn't have anything to pay the bridal price to get this woman as a wife. So what he says is, I will work for you, Laban. I will work for you seven years for my bride. 
You know what it says? Can I show you a verse? It's like the ultimate Valentine's verse. If you haven't wrote a card for somebody, which you shouldn't because you shouldn't be dating right now. Here's a verse. Hey, this is, this is one of the most romantic verses in the whole Bible. I'm just telling y'all, Genesis has got some drama, some spice. It's got some romance. Here's one of them right here. Genesis 29, verse 20. We got that one? Genesis 29, verse 20. Oh yeah, this is so good. Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed to him but a few days because of his love for her. All the girls are like, man, I'm gonna find me my Jacob one day. I don't know. You may not want Jacob. I don't know. Yeah. That's a, that's a, yeah. I'm just telling you, Jacob was head over heels about this woman. So the seven years are up. Seven years are over, guys. All the boys are like, this is disgusting. This is the worst sermon ever, man. This is... Hey, here's the deal. Seven years finish up. Jacob goes up to Laban. He's like, yo, 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 I worked my seven years. I'm ready for my bride. I paid my dues. Let's do this. Laban prepares the feast. He invites all the guests. They hold the wedding ceremony. Jacob and Rachel are all part of that stuff. When it comes time for Jacob and Rachel to leave, I guess it's nighttime. Laban swapped out the bride, Rachel, with his older daughter, Leah. Yeah. Jacob, I don't know if he was under the influence that night after a party, and I don't know if it was just he didn't have his flashlight on. I don't know what was going on. But he wakes up the next morning, and he's like, who are you? You ain't my bride? What happened? It's Leah. His older, the older sister of Rachel. He goes to Laban. He's like, what in the world just happened? I was supposed to marry Rachel. I worked seven years for this night. And I got Rachel. Where's Leah? Oh, I got, okay, okay. All right. I got Leah. Where's Rachel? Laban says, in our customs, it's not appropriate to give away the younger daughter before we give away the older daughter. So how about you finish this week of marriage ceremonies with Leah, and then next week you can marry Rachel. He's like, that's great, perfect. He's like, but it's gonna cost you another seven years of work. Yeah! We're talking about, hang on, time out. Check this out, y'all. Jacob worked, Jacob labored for 14 years to marry Rachel. That's commitment. Here's what happens. Isn't it, isn't it so unique though? Isn't it ironic? I love the irony in the Bible. The deceiver, shh, right here, students, right here. The deceiver Jacob is deceived by Laban. Y'all see that? And that's what happens throughout the story with Jacob and Laban, man. Laban was sneaky. He was changing the prices of his wages. He was stealing from his flocks, all these things. He had beef with Laban just as much as he had beef with Esau back at his home. And what ends up happening is Jacob ends up having Leah and Rachel, which is not, it's not biblical, it's not appropriate, it's not right to have multiple wives. You just have one wife, as we see in the Bible, but he has multiple wives. He also has two servants, Zilpah and Bilhah, which come with Rachel and Leah, that he's like, he like expands his family. I mean, y'all, I'm just telling y'all, Jacob, some of y'all may think about, man, my family is man, struggling with this. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. Jacob had a dysfunctional family. Challenges. He's got four 
women in his life that are all supposed to be his bride in some sense, when Rachel and Leah, Bilhah and Zippah, we can't even imagine that. It is, it is a storm waiting to happen. But what the Lord does in the middle of the chaos, God is still present and real. And God blesses Jacob with so many children. He gives him 11 different sons at this point and even one daughter named Dinah. I mean, like it is, it's amazing to see what God does despite theirs. And what happens is in those 20 years while he was in the land of Haran, he has a huge family. He's got tons of possessions. He's got all kinds of flocks, servants, all these things that he has acquired over the many years. And he's got beef with Laban that he don't want to deal with. So you know what he does? He flees. No, no, he didn't kill him. No. He flees from him. Jacob flees away from his problems again. If you're taking notes with me, I want to show this to you. I want to show this to you. Here's the deal. In the beginning, Esau and Jacob had beef. They, were, they, they, they had fighting going on. Jacob didn't want to deal with the problem head on. So he flees away from Esau. He goes to Laban. He's got more beef over here with Laban. I mean, he, he bamboozled him on his wedding night. He messed him up with all his flocks and his wages. I mean, all these things. Shh, right here, students. And once again, he makes the same mistake he made before. He runs away from the issue. He flees from the problem without ever really dealing with it. We're gonna go to one more spot in just a moment and I'm gonna let y'all see the final part of this story and it is so good. I don't want you to miss it, but I want you to think through this. When we're about to sing to the Lord, reflect on what the Lord has done, what he can do, I want you to think about yourself. Listen, man, I'll be honest with y'all, I really believe this. A lot of you are coming in tonight and you got beef with people and you're fighting and you're, and you're wrestling, you're gossiping, you're dealing with issues with people or maybe you're at the spot where you got all this stuff going around you and you don't wanna deal with it so you just run away from your problem. You just run to something else that is just as messy as the other thing on the other side. And tonight, I want you to walk away from with a real plan of how do you deal with it. And I'm gonna be honest, it doesn't happen by going to just another thing. It happens at the feet of Jesus. It happens when you wrestle with God. And that's what we're gonna see in a minute. Right now, I pray that you would begin wrestling with the Lord on the fights in your life and on the areas where you're fleeing from them. Wrestle with it tonight. And let's walk away in the freedom that comes when you deal with it. Last thing I got for you. We gotta finish the story, man. Y'all been with us with part one and two. This is part three. Here's the deal. Jacob, Jacob's got beef with Esau. The man wants to kill him. They got a fight going on between them. So he flees. He, he goes from fighting to flighting, running away. Goes to the land of Haran, finds Laban. He gets cheated out there. Instead of dealing with problems there, he flights again. He flees from there. And on the way back to Canaan, he finds out that his brother Esau is coming to meet him with 400 men. 400 men. And here's what's crazy, because you know, earlier you saw that Jacob had sold the blessing 
from Esau, supposedly, right? But now Esau has gotten all this blessing, right? The Lord blessed Esau just like he was blessing Jacob. How good is God? He's awesome. He's blessing both. He just meant he was gonna use Jacob a different way. But Esau shows up. He's got 400 men coming to meet Jacob. Jacob is terrified. He is so afraid that his brother is coming to kill him. So he starts sending servants with gifts. He sends him, I believe it's like hundreds of cattle, hundreds of sheep, hundreds of oxen. He sends a male and female servants. He's sending them like all of his stuff. He's sending it all to Esau. And he's like, when you show up, I want you to bow down to the ground. I want you to say, this is from your servant, Jacob to my Lord Esau. Like he's like, just like, I want you to make sure if there's any beef, bitterness that's been stewing with Esau for the last 20 years. I hope you can help bring level 10 down to like a level three so when we see each other, he doesn't want to kill me still. Does that make sense? So he's sending these bad boys out one by one. Jacob's left with just his family there and it's nighttime. He, he goes to sleep and in the middle of the night, I believe it's Jesus, but it says that God met him in the middle of the night and Jacob begins to wrestle like fist to fist, rolling on the ground, wrestle with the Lord. Listen, listen right here. He's wrestling with him. It says that Jacob messed up his hip socket to where he, his hip was out of place. He wrestled with him all night long until the morning. Daybreak was coming. And the, God said to Jacob, let me go. Not that the God couldn't break away. It's just this, he was wrestling with Jacob. He was allowing him to fight, allowing him to, to, to struggle he says, let me go. And Jacob says, I'm not gonna let you go, God, until you bless me. I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. And what he's saying is, I'm not letting go of God here. Like I'm, I'm in it till the end. Like I think this was a guy who's at the end of himself. Man, I had beef back at home. I got beef away from home. I got all these struggles. Like I need the Lord. He's wrestling and struggling with God. And God says, I'm gonna change your name from Jacob to Israel. And he blesses him. He blesses Jacob. The next morning, here's what I think. I think if, here's what I think gave Jacob confidence to go approach his brother. If he could wrestle face to face with God all night long and come out in a good relationship with the Lord, he's like, surely I can wrestle with my brother and come out in a good spot. So Jacob, his whole family's gone before him. He's approaching Esau. My, my youth pastor back in the day when we were walking through Genesis, he said, because he had a hip problem from the fight the night before, He's had a little swagger to his step. He said he was walking like 50 cent, but feeling like 10% because he was wrestling all night long. If you don't get that, I probably shouldn't have said that, my bad. But here's the deal. Jacob is walking to approach his brother. First time in 20 years. Can I read it for y'all? Can I show you what it says from the scripture itself? What happened? Is that okay? Let's go to it real quick. I'm gonna go to Cody. I'm gonna go down to... Um, Chapter 33, verse one. Is that okay? Chapter 33, verse one. It begins with, Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, Esau was coming and 400 men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two female servants. And he put the servants with their children in front and then Leah with her children and Rachel and Joseph. Last of all, and he himself went on before them, 
bowing himself to the ground seven times. This man was laying down face front on the ground until he came near to his brother. He is trying to show him, I am sorry. But Esau, this is so good. Esau ran to meet him and he embraced Jacob and he fell on his neck and he was kissing his brother, man, because he loved him and missed him. Not, come on guys, not no, we were like, like his family, like, Man, we had beef. I wanted to kill you. And I want you to know that I love you, man. He embraces him. He fell on his neck. He's kissing him. He's weeping. And when Esau lifted up his eyes and he saw all the family, he said, who are these with you? He said, the children whom God has graciously given your servant. And the servants drew near their children. They bowed down. And Leah likewise with her children drew near, drew near and bowed down. And last, Joseph and Rachel, they did the same Esau says, what do you mean by all this stuff you've been sending to me, this company that I've met? Jacob said, to find favor in your sight, my Lord. He calls Esau his Lord. Remember, Jacob's supposed to be Lord, right? He calls Esau his Lord. He says, I have enough, brother. Esau says, I got, I got plenty, Jacob. He said, keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob continues to insist back and forth. In the end, Jacob ends up giving the stuff to Esau. Here's what I want you to see. It's the last thing I got for you, and then I'm done, okay? Paul, I know I've talked a long time tonight. Last thing I got for you. They go from fighting to fleeing from their problems to the last one. Here's the big one. We talked about it last week. I spent way too much room on this thing. I'm gonna just gonna, sorry, okay? I know, I know. Just chill, 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 chill. Here's what I want you to see. Jacob and Esau went from fighting and hating to running from their problems to entering into the camp of forgiveness with one another. If I'm leveling with you here, I know that in this room, I've talked to people and I've, I've, I've been around the circles of things. I know that right now in this room, there is drama between friends there's, there's beef between people that are in the same room right now. Shh, right here, right here, right here. Please don't miss, please don't, if you don't wanna be, just don't be a distraction, please, I'm begging you. There's real beef and drama from each other. You've had people in this room that you've been best friends with or good friends with for years, but because you've allowed one issue to happen, you don't even talk to that person anymore. You've allowed one wedge in your life to divide you and it's caused fighting and flighting. It's caused you to, to wrestle with one another and to flee from your problems. You don't even deal with it. You either just avoid it or you resort to gossip and backbiting and arguing and slandering one another or you're mean to one another. You, you're living in these two camps right here when God is saying, I want you to be in the camp of forgiveness. I want you to love one another. I want you to walk in freedom with one another. I want you to walk into the room and it's, it's the encounter that we see with Jacob and Esau at the end, not what we see at the beginning with thieving and fraud and, and fighting, man. He's got big plans for you and you can't allow those moments to crowd out what God wants to do in your life. Jacob and Esau, Esau missed out on 20 years 20 years of their life because they had an argument. They had a beef from 20 years ago. They missed out on so much. 
You've got problems and challenges with siblings or friends or classmates or teammates or your mom and dad, and you've got issues, and you're going to allow that to be a wedge for you for years, and you're going to miss out on what God has for you. Don't don't be like Jacob and Esau for the first few chapters of the story. Be like them in chapter 33, where they reconcile with love. Do you know where that happens? Do you know where it happens? It happens when you wrestle with God, man. Jacob came to a spot where he said, man, I'm done fighting and fleeing from my problems. I'm looking to you, Lord. And what happens is this man, Jacob, wrestles with this. I'm not letting you go till you bless me. I'm not gonna let go of the Lord. And some of you in this room have got challenges. You're really facing them. Like it's in your life. It's a real thing. And it's not gonna go away until you begin getting at the feet of Jesus and wrestling with him. And when you get your heart right with the Lord, when the Lord works in there, then you can approach that person and you can show love. You can show the same steadfast love and faithfulness that God has shown you you'll be able to show it to them. Does that make sense? I promise, some of you may think you're alone in this. Most people, believers or not believers, they live in these two camps, fighting or fleeing from their problems. One of those two. The sweetest spot to live is in the spot of forgiveness. It's probably the hardest to get to, because it requires you to deal with what's going on in your heart and your mind first. It requires you to wrestle with the Lord. I, I know it, guys. I know, I know the drama, the challenges that you face as a middle schooler. They, I know we're different ages. I dealt with them in middle school too. I dealt with my mom that I got so mad at all the time in middle school. I thought she didn't get me what I was thinking. Hold up, hold up. I wrestled with my best friend, Cody, that I had beef with all the time. Here's the deal. Those people weren't the enemy. My mom loved me. She had great intentions. And she is a God. I love my mom so much. She sends me stuff. Oh, I was texting with her today. Here's the deal. You shouldn't have that attitude towards your mom. You ought to embrace it, not fighting with her, fleeing from her, but you ought to love her. You ought to walk in forgiveness with her. Cody Rogers, the friend that I told you about that I had beef with when I was in middle school, just this past year, man, Cody was in a really bad accident. He's got a kid on the way that was just born in December. He's been paralyzed and can't even do anything with it. And I was away from him for years. I wish I could just call him up and talk to Cody. I wanna go visit him so bad. I'm dying to go visit Cody. I allowed beef when I was in freshman year of high school to keep me from talking to him for no joke, 10 years. That is not okay. I don't want you to miss out on moments with your family, with your friends. You gotta deal with it, y'all. It begins with the Lord. Don't make the mistakes that I made. Don't make the mistakes that Jacob and Esau made. Learn, be better and walk in the freedom that comes with forgiveness.